Coming up with the Philadelphia Eagles on tap for what could be a meaningless Week 18 matchup, we take a look at some of those season awards and why the Giants really have some checks in their corner deserving of accolades. Not only that, but also the big games over this weekend that will determine the playoff picture. We break it all down next. Ah, yes, it is OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where we are your host over here, Adam Armbrecht, over there, Andrew Makowitz, who is nothing less than healthy, wealthy, and wise. Adam, I'm feeling great. Today really isn't about me. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of Adam Armbrecht floating around on the <laughs> interweb. Uh, Something on, happened? Yeah, I, I think it, that's you, right? I I think, in, and Adam, it sounds like you kind of, I don't know, they're, they're painting it as if you got in a, a little bit of a pickle and it it's, relates to the one giant podcast. I it's all so confusing to me. Do you want to just give a little bit of, of your opinion on why we were trending this morning on like uh, talk show radios? Yeah, I mean, listen. Well, we're a, we're a heck of a program. We do we do quality work, and you want it's good to be noticed. Um, unfortunately, in this <laughs> in this instance, uh, man, it was hilarious. I do some other work, obviously, uh, in and around sports podcasting. I produce another giant show with Sean Morash, who people probably know. You should know from CBS Radio with Paul Dettino from WFAN, who works now with the Giants. Obviously, two really great individuals to work with. Um, I did some filling in work and maybe did not quite execute as crisply as I should have that process uh, with Sean specifically. So Geo from Boomer and Geo on the morning radio WFAN, they got a hold of me, man. They got a hold of me. They got me on there and they ran me through it. And it turns out there's nothing I can do here, really. Um, it, I think it was four to one, four shivs to one. That was the final vote. Boomer did stay in my corner, but I think there was some speculation afterwards that he just felt bad for me. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, uh, t Twitter was ablaze this morning. I saw a lot of people <laughs> tweeting out Wally Pipped. Like, it, it was a whole situation, Adam. I'm glad you were able to go on live, defend your name, defend the One Giant Podcast, by the way, because your integrity is also my integrity, which is also our integrity. So I'm glad you cleared the air, made sure to just say, you're a team player. You just do whatever is required of you at that moment. That's correct, sir. And if, if all these integrities are tied together, it all took a little bit of a hit today. But it was it was it was a lot of fun, man. It was really cool. Um, Boomer and, and Geo were both complimentary inside of having a, a lot of a good jokes with us. So uh, that's the way it goes, man. Sometimes you step in it a little bit and you take charge, you take responsibility, and then you try to move on, which we will do by um, talking about not only the playoffs coming up here for the New York football giants, the week 18, where again, we keep trying to look past this final game of the season so we can get to the playoffs. And we're going to look at some of those other key games this weekend that will determine some seeding, some teams in or out, et cetera, which actually I do. There's one of them I find really fascinating, especially in the NFC that changes. I think the way other teams look at potential matchups, but before we do, it's been a really good year for the New York football giants. We know that that started at the top with Joe Shane. It's gone down to the coaching staff, the development of Daniel Jones, all those awesome things. You think that one person individual is maybe deserving of a particular season and accolade? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a couple of different awards that could be handed out for different, different players on the team. Obviously, when you think about comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley is in the top three in terms of best odds. But, you know, there's Christian McCaffrey, who's at, you know, 
playing unbelievably for the 49ers. Geno Smith comes out of nowhere to have one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL. Just absolutely tremendous. But really where I think, you know, we kind of turn our attention is on the coach of the year, Adam. And, you know, when we think about what the what Brian Dable has done with this team, we talk at nauseum about the limitations that the offensive line has, the wide receiving core has, some of the defensive injuries that this team has sustained. And yet here are the Giants clinched a playoff berth with a game to go. And the, and really a lot of it should should be going on to Brian Dable. And it is right now. And when you look yep. at and when you look at the actual odds for it, I mean, why don't want to get your feedback first? I mean, do you feel like Brian Dable is deserving? Are there other coaches that you think are more deserving just off the top of your head? Yeah, it's interesting, man. I think I think about where the team come the came from the year prior, right? So you think about the Giants, obviously they're a mess and the, the organization is in shambles. I think about a team like Detroit and Dan Campbell, and I wonder if it'll hinge on whether or not they make the playoffs. He has stayed the course and the type of coach he is and the mentality that he brings and looks like he's really at least gotten them to turn a corner. Um, I think about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Peterson, right? And taking a franchise that looked like it was about to be an absolute disaster and maybe was a season away from reevaluating Trevor Lawrence as their franchise quarterback. Boom, right back on track. They're going to be playing for their playoff lives this weekend and the division in the AFC South. So there, there are other teams. But I think that Brian Dable, as much as any of them, is deserving of the conversation because in this one season, comparatively to any of those those teams at least, um, he's what? He's gotten the, the New York football giants back to the playoffs for the first time in six years. He's taken a quarterback that by opinion, by majority, was regarded as being someone that was on his way out and now is being talked about as the franchise quarterback deserving of 35-plus million dollars a year in the offseason. Um, and he's turned around the culture of an organization that looked like maybe the rebuild was going to be two or three years. And it turns out maybe they're going to be able to be on track. So yeah, why, why shouldn't Brian Dable be considered? Yeah. You mentioned Dan Campbell. You mentioned Doug Peterson. They're both in the top six in terms of coach of the year betting odds, which is usually a good indicator of who's likely going to get the award. You know, in fifth was Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills, obviously doing a great job uh, with the Bills. And then when you think about the top three, uh, you have, uh, at number one, hmm. well, I'll give you t- number no, tied for second. I'll okay. give you is Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles and Brian Dable of the New York Giants. Yeah. And so they're both they're both tied for second in terms of odds, two and a half to one on your money. If you're a gambling person, if, if I don't tell you who number one is, who would be your guess at this point? Uh, I mean, you can go Andy Reid, you know, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs because they're one of the best teams. Um, Chargers haven't been good enough this year. Their coach is being talked about possibly getting fired no matter what they do. Uh, and then maybe the ba- I don't know, maybe the Bengals as well. Yeah, that'd be by so, my guess. So number one is Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. He That's is an easy one for me to just completely gloss over as if it didn't matter, having lost their starting quarterback, their backup quarterback, and are now playing with their third quarterback. Yeah, you know what? I changed my answer. It should be him. It should be Kyle Shanahan. I, well, it, and that's why he's at the top of the list. But, yeah. Adam, I, I think it's also interesting and noteworthy to say, like everyone says, it is the system that he's developed. The team has made the playoffs. The team has right. gone to the Super Bowl most recently. So the question is, you know, does his system and his coaching – continuing to keep the ship moving even though they lose the quarterbacks is that more impressive than Brian Dayball taking over a team that was a little bit in disarray 
and elevating them at least to a playoff berth. I think that's really the question that that is in people's minds. Well, and I think the bigger question is with, so like I mentioned some kind of like darling stories, right? With the Jags, with the Lions turning things around. You mentioned you got the Eagles who have been dominant all season based on their record alone, trying to hold on to the one seed. I think the difference is like, when you look at some of these teams, including the Giants, you start to go, well, how far away was this team from maybe being two wins less than what their record shows, from maybe being a team that missed the playoffs? Now, as a fan base, we'd, we'd still look at it and say, awesome season. Brian Dable is the coach. We love the direction we're going in. But you wouldn't get vaulted into the category of, like, coach of the year because you'd say, well, can you be coach of the year with six or seven wins? Probably not, right? So I think that's probably the difference. And then when you look at a guy like Kyle, you have to look at the 49ers and say, when you get down to Mr. Irrelevant and he goes out and starts slinging it, it's either one of two things. They scout incredibly well, and this dude is a stud. And also, the system is in place for quarterbacks to succeed at a high level and be able to maintain a team that's trying potentially to vie for the number one seed still in the NFC. Yeah, I'm surprised that they don't have um, uh, Kevin O'Connell uh, of the Minnesota Vikings on there knowing that they're potentially going to be the two or the three seed, right? Another like example though, where nobody thinks the Vikings are legit though. So you're not going to include the head coach of the team that you don't think is actually that good. Right. And and that's why I think uh, I would be surprised if Kyle Shanahan wins it over Brian Dable, because I think everyone agrees that San Francisco's defense is arguably the best in the league. If yeah. not, it's number one or two or three, like you can make an argument either way. And their offensive weapons with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel when healthy and Brandon Ayuk, like, they're an extreme Trent Williams is their left tackle. They're an extremely talented team. And Kyle Shanahan is getting the most out of that talent, obviously. But with that said, most people think the Giants are devoid of talent. Most people think that Daniel Jones yeah. isn't good. Most people think the wide receivers are bad. And yet here we are finding ways to manufacture wins. To me, that's why I feel like that is even more impressive than just taking really good talent and making sure they don't go off the rails is how do you elevate the talent on the team to get them get more out of them than you think that, that they could get. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to give you the Brian Dable answer. I'm just thinking about this week, thinking about the next matchup, thinking about this team getting better, right? Um, Jacques Vaughn recently at when the, uh, just before the winning streak came to the end for the Brooklyn Nets, he said that someone uh, sent him a message, a friend, for some reason, I want to assume it was Greg Popovich because this sounds like something he would say. And in essence, it was a turtle up on a fence post. The most interesting thing is not the turtle. It's how it got up there. So and the sentiment was the turtle doesn't get up there on its own. People and things helped it get there. Jock Vaughn understood that he's being helped by his coaching staff, the performance of the players, the entire organization, right? So it's, it's a collaborative effort to have success in the NBA, in the NFL. And I think Brian Dable would echo that exact same thing, right? He'd talk about Joe Shane. He'd talk about how Daniel Jones has answered the bell, how players have stepped up and filled in for injuries, right? So those would be all the things that you would point to. Um, so regardless, it doesn't matter. Either way, at the end of the year, I'm going to say, I think Brian Dable did an excellent job this season. We finally feel like we have our next Tom Coughlin in terms of longevity as the head coach of the Giants. And that and that's a part of stability that like we haven't seen. It's not just not making the playoffs. It's coaching turnover as well. I, I think that having that in place really makes a big difference regardless of, of what happens. And I'm not speaking one way or the other. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney. Listen, the reality is that a lot of players will come and go. But a quality head coach is what gets you from being a good to a great team and hopefully a playoff winning team. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I think, obviously, we care more about who actually gets the Coach of the Year award. These coaches are just like, 
I just want to get to the playoffs or put the right. best foot forward for our team and hopefully win some games and, and compete for a Super Bowl. So obviously, while, while it's great for us to kind of give the back and forth on it, and we think Brian Dable is certainly one of the top two or three guys that you would say deserves it for what he's done, you know, Brian Dable has bigger fish to fry. After this game against the Philadelphia Eagles, he's got the playoffs to worry about, Adam. You better believe it, man. And we don't know 100% who it's going to be they match up with. And that's why we turn our attention over to the playoff scenarios right now that are going to take place over this weekend. So we talked a little bit there about the 49ers. They will win the tiebreaker over Minnesota on conference record. So they're going to keep themselves as the two seed. Maybe there's some opportunity, depending on what goes on with Philadelphia in this weekend. They play the Cardinals. You feel pretty good about that. Um, the Detroit Lions would win the tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers on head-to-head. Seattle wins the tiebreaker over Detroit on head-to-head. And you talked about this last episode. That was actually speaking to Seattle there. And then Detroit wins the tiebreaker over Green Bay head-to-head 1-0. We talked about those three scenarios there where essentially Green Bay is winning get in. Then if Detroit were to beat Green Bay, then they look at Seattle and see what Seattle does in their final game as well. They're playing in division, as everybody is, uh, with the LA Rams, who have nothing to prove but actually can help themselves by keeping their draft pick lower, which they'll be sending out the door in that uh, to Detroit Lions in the trade for Matthew Stafford. So all these things are going on there at the back end. There's three teams vying for one playoff spot when it comes to the NFC. How do you see that shaking out, Andrew? Well, you know, the, NF- the NFC is, is interesting. Be- based on what happened with the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills and Bengals, thank goodness uh, DeMar Hamlin is now awake, it sounds like. They've taken the breathing yeah. tube out. He asked about the game. Tremendous story there. But yeah, since some messages, it, they said, exchange some messages with teammates and stuff. So good to see that he's able to be communicating with people. Yeah. Unbelievable recovery. Tremendous. Everyone feels really good about where things are progressing there. But because the game was canceled, they are not going to reschedule it. The AFC is insane when you talk about like all the combinations <laughs> right. of what could happen. They may play the AFC championship game at a neutral site. They may flip a coin to see who ends up getting home field advantage. If the Ravens play the Bills in the postseason, uh, Ravens play the Bengals in the postseason, there is like mass chaos on that side of, of the bracket. Yes. On the NFC side, you, you mentioned some of the different scenarios. Those are more normal, more, more, more reasonable scenarios of like, oh, this team beats this team and they and they end up getting home field. I mean, everything is set up right now for the Green Bay Packers to make the playoffs as the seventh seed right now. Well, and that was the thing that I was going to bring up about this specifically. We can stay in the NFC because I think, to your point, the AFC is just a bit chaotic right now. Um, And it's like the Ravens, the Chargers scenarios, the Bengals scenario, who didn't play one less game, but the division and all those things that are going on there. Patriots are in a win and go in. They're playing the Bills. It's just there's a lot there to unpack. And on the NFC side, though, where it's more important for the Giants, the Packers, to me, that's what I said at the top. I, I think it's fascinating, man. The Packers making the playoffs. I think throws some real upheaval. Like Detroit has been a good team. They're clearly a, a high powered offensive team, but I don't think that they're a feared team. Seattle had one heck of a season struggled down the stretch. Geno Smith is a great year for him. And also they kind of, you know, got over their skis this season, not expected to be as good as they were. Supposed to have a really bad year. As a matter of fact, the Packers were supposed to be good. They came out flat as a corpse to start the year and now have committed this late charge. If they get in those playoff scenarios, I think that if you're at the top of the NFC, you're looking and going, really, really, you're going to drop in the Green Bay Packers as the last wild card team, which is going to set up what? 
San Francisco against Green Bay. Maybe it ends up being Minnesota. What, maybe the Eagles fall, whatever it is. But to say you're the Eagles, you're the number one seed all year, and you end up getting pitted against as the two seed against the, the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round. Like, what a disaster for Philadelphia in a pretty funny way. Well, Adam, I'm going to take this a step further, and okay. I want you take to walk further. I Conspiracy want theory? I want you to walk down this path with me, okay? Right. I'm with you so So far. let's say, you know, Seattle wins earlier in the day because they're still technically alive for the playoffs. It would mean that it is a win and in for Green Bay scenario. If Seattle loses earlier in the day, then it's win and in for Detroit or Green Bay. No, well, yeah, but isn't it? No, but isn't it? If Seattle wins, doesn't if Seattle wins, like Detroit, Detroit is eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, Detroit's done. Right, so they'll have yes. nothing to play for. It's the old... Nothing to play for, Detroit. Maybe you laid down a little, and they did shift the schedules. Right. There's a lot of complications, but let's just say for argument's sake, I think the Packers are going to win. So if they win, okay. it doesn't matter. It trumps everything else that goes on. If the Packers win, and San Francisco and everything else holds the way that we think it's going to this weekend, which seems pretty logical, the favorites mm -hmm. take things down. I'm with you so Adam, listen to this scenario that I have for you. Hit me. The New York Giants will be the sixth seed, and they will go to Minnesota – to play the Minnesota Vikings, obviously. And I feel fairly confident in that game, knowing that we were a field, a 61-yard field goal away with a bunch of injuries away from really winning that game. I think you know, a couple first-round matchup scenario for the Giants, yeah. Uh, yes, ideal matchup scenario. In the second, the, in the number two seed versus the number seven seed, you have the Green Bay Packers on the road in San Francisco. Let's say the Green Bay Packers start getting hot and Aaron Rodgers is on a run. Like, let's just keep in mind, San Francisco was just down two scores to the Las Vegas Raiders starting Jared Stinham. Mm -hmm. So they're not completely out of the woods in terms of craziness happening. Let's say the Giants go and they handle business against the Minnesota Vikings. And let's say the Green Bay Packers pull the upset off against San Francisco, knowing that they're surging. You have Brock Purdy, first playoff game, who knows what happens against Aaron Rodgers, right? In that scenario, Adam, Guess what happens? The Giants would not be going to play the Philadelphia Eagles because the NFL reseeds in the postseason. The Green Bay Packers would be going to the link in Philadelphia. Mm. And the Giants would be going to either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Dallas Cowboys in that scenario. Huh. So when you think about it, huh. the Giants have the ability at some point to actually avoid playing San Francisco and Philadelphia if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get in and get hot, how does that scenario sound to you? <laughs> how does that, how does that, that picture you? that you've painted sound to me? Uh, I mean, listen, if you, if we're talking about, and we know we're, we're, we're getting into next week and into that matchup, but we, that's all that matters right now is getting to the wild card round. I think that on a season, on a year to year basis, there are some times when things fall favorably for different teams in the playoffs. That is a very that would be a very favorable scenario for the Giants. Now, what I would say is it's favorable to not have to travel to San Francisco, obviously, in a tough defense. However, in this scenario where the, the Green Bay Packers are white hot and raging through the playoffs, I think maybe you're only delaying the inevitable of like having to go against the big matchup. We're maybe overlooking the Dallas Cowboys and, and that challenge that that would be as well. What I do, here's what I do like about it. I like that inside of the playoff picture right now and we haven't talked about this yet i would say the philadelphia eagles we saw the way that looked now we weren't 100 healthy etc cetera, etc cetera, but i think that's a really tough game they have a lot of weapons and obviously jalen hurts health is going to be a key factor for any team that plays them and the san francisco 49ers 
just, yes, they were trailing the Raiders, but we know what that defense is capable of. I think those are the two teams that you get really nervous about having to play. Other than that, I like the idea that the Giants can go into these playoffs and be like, hey, coin flip against Minnesota? Yeah, we'll take that. Like, I, I like our chances in that matchup. And then if you tell me that it's Tampa Bay, again, there's real risks that sit there, but they're not Tampa Bay from last year. Like, I think the puncher's chance mentality for the Giants is a very real thing when it comes to these playoffs. And I don't think it felt that way four or five weeks ago when the Giants were struggling. And I don't think that it felt that way maybe the last couple of weeks almost as some of the better teams have looked a little muddled. It just kind of makes you feel like, hey, if the Giants are going to be getting healthy at the right time, maybe there's something here. At least winning a first round and then taking your shot in the second. And and that's and that's what I'm illustrating here, Adam, is I think that we would agree that Philadelphia and San Francisco are the teams that you would hope to avoid if yeah. you wanted to try to make a playoff run for as long as possible. And what I'm saying is, if the Packers are hot, they've won three straight, they win this game against the Lions, they go in against San Francisco, you have a Mr. Irrelevant seventh-round rookie starting in the playoffs against Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers wins that game, the Packers automatically have to go against the Philadelphia Eagles in the next round. So, in theory, San Francisco would be eliminated, and the Packers would be going to the link, while the Giants get Minnesota and the winner of Tampa Bay-Dallas. That's how important... This could be for the Giants and what happens in some of these other games. Let's go a step further, Andy. Why not? It's Friday. We're having fun. We, we live in your scenario. The waters are warm and we like it. Oh, yeah. Keep going with me. So now the Green Bay Packers, though, who would take on, you know, they're going to have to take on San Francisco. They beat them. They're yes. really raging. Oh, then yeah. They have to take on the Eagles and they're raging. If they win that game, oh yes, my now friend. the New York Football Giants, having beaten the Minnesota Vikings, as we're all already assuming they're going to do, and then taking on the challenge of Dallas or Tampa Bay, the Giants would host the NFC Championship game because they would be the sixth seed over top of that seventh seed. Well, welcome dream to the lounge. was in a dream, Andy. Welcome, welcome to the lounge. You've finally <laughs> gotten there. The drinks are, are stiff. They're ice cold. Just sit down with me. Just, just. While we have a chance where the Giants game this 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 weekend isn't really that important for the Giants, it's nice to dream. And when you're telling me my dream includes just Aaron Rodgers performing at a better level than Brock Purdy, I, I don't know. Listen, that's a world I want to live in right now. It feels pretty good to be there, Adam. It's the, it, this is the same world where Andy at one point this season was saying, Aaron Rodgers, let's admit it. He doesn't have it anymore. The, guy, I, hey. the guy's done. The guy's done. Hand up. I, I love when I'm wrong, and it benefits the Giants. How about that one, Adam? The best part about this uh, at the end of the day is um, we're, I don't know what the line is on the Eagles game for the Giants. I, I honestly couldn't tell Two you. Two touchdowns right now. Fantastic. Like, I, bet, I, I bet that ends up being the case. Uh, the Giants lose this game 27-16. to 16. I, 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 It doesn't even matter. The best part about this Friday episode, knowing that the wild card round starts next week, is that we get to have this discussion. Andy gets to provide you with a very clear path to the New York football giants hosting a playoff game with the championship on the line, the appearance on the line at the very least. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And it, and it goes back to the top of the show. It goes back to Brian Dable being a candidate for coach of the year. It goes back to what Daniel Jones accomplished over the course of this season, what Saquon Barkley accomplished, what Dexter Lawrence accomplished, what Joe Shane accomplished finding grabbing doing everything he had to do to fill out this roster on a week-to-week -week basis and give the giants a chance to win every single week and i'll and, and wink martindale as well and whether or not we maybe always saw it every week mike kafka too because if we're talking about what daniel jones has accomplished 
that's still a one-to-one of film room, practice field, and what you're trying to do with a player that could be entering what? His first opportunity to have real consistency year over year from a coordinator and a head coach and some of the talent around him. So um, we get to dance in these waters because the Giants are in the playoffs. That's the bottom line. Adam, very quickly, my bet of the week. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Andy's bet of the week. I I love it. Adam, the simple answer for me is the Giants are going to be resting starters. Philadelphia just wants to get the lead. The Giants aren't going to be pushing all that much. Give me the under of 43 and a half. Like, don't you feel like the Giants are in no urgency to score a ton of points? And the Eagles just need enough points to win with Jalen Hurts coming off an injury or Gardner Minshew. Either way, it kind of feels like this is going to be a 23-10 game. Like, I, you know, with, with that, give me, give me 43 and a half, my friend. Only kink in that system is the man, the myth, the legend, Tyrod Taylor, who when he steps on that field, boys, he does not know how to slow down. It's an all gas, no break scenario. So maybe some late fireworks for Tyrod Taylor. We'll see how it all shakes out. We're going to be back in, obviously, next week. We're going to start discussing the matchup with Team TBD and what it means for the Giants playoff picture, as well as seeing how things shook out in the NFC, in the AFC, and whether or not we think there is some chance here for the Giants to go on one of those kind of special runs. Listen, we know Eli Manning did it multiple times. We know that he did it early in his career. Uh, Who knows, man? That's the beauty of the NFL playoffs. It's just one game any given Sunday. We'll be breaking it down not only on YouTube, but wherever you get us on that podcast feed. Special shout-out to Sean Morash for letting me keep my gig and being a gentleman and a scholar around everything. We'll be back again next time talking all things New York football giants. And as Andrew Mackowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.